Book Fifth of the Prelude by William Wordsworth, edited by William Knight. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rhonda Fetterman. Book Fifth Books when contemplation like the night calm felt through earth and sky spreads widely and sends deep into the soul its tranquillizing power even then i sometimes grieve for thee o man earth's paramount creature not so much for woes that thou endurest heavy though that weight be cloud-like it mounts or touched with light divine doth melt away but for those palms achieved through length of time by patient exercise of study and hard thought there there it is that sadness finds its fuel hitherto in progress through this verse my mind hath looked upon the speaking face of earth and heaven as her prime teacher intercourse with man established by the sovereign intellect who through that bodily image hath diffused as might appear to the eye of fleeting time a deathless spirit thou also man hast wrought for commerce of thy nature with herself things that aspire to unconquerable life and yet we feel we cannot choose but feel that they must perish tremblings of the heart it gives to think that our immortal being no more shall need such garments and yet man as long as he shall be the child of earth might almost weep to have what he may lose nor be himself extinguished but survive abject depressed forlorn disconsolate a thought is with me sometimes and i say should the whole frame of earth by inward throes be wretched or fire come down from far to scorch her pleasant habitations and dry up old ocean in his bed left singed and bare yet would the living presence still subsist victorious and composure would ensue and kindlings like the morning presage sure of day returning and of life revived but all the meditations of mankind yea all the adamantine holds of truth by reason built or passion which itself is highest reason in a soul sublime these consecrated works of bard and sage sensuous or intellectual wrought by men twin laborers and heirs of the same hopes where would they be oh why hath not the mind some element to stamp her image on in nature somewhat nearer to her own why gifted with such powers to send abroad her spirit must it lodge in shrines so frail one day when from my lips like a complaint had fallen in presence of a studious friend he with a smile made answer that in truth twas going far to seek disquietude but on the front of his reproof confessed that he himself had oftentimes given way to kindred hauntings whereupon i told that once in the stillness of a summer's noon while i was seated in a rocky cave by the seaside perusing so it chanced the famous history of the errant knight recorded by cervantes 
these same thoughts beset me and to height unusual rose while listlessly i sate and having closed the book had turned my eyes toward the wide sea on poetry and geometric truth and their high privilege of lasting life from all internal injury exempt i mused upon these chiefly and at length my senses yielding to the sultry air sleep seized me and i passed into a dream i saw before me stretched a boundless plain of sandy wilderness all black and void and as i looked around distress and fear came creeping over me when at my side close at my side an uncouth shape appeared upon a dromedary mounted high he seemed an arab of the bedouin tribes a lance he bore and underneath one arm a stone and in the opposite hand a shell of a surpassing brightness at the sight much i rejoiced not doubting but a guide was present one who with unerring skill would through the desert lead me and while yet i looked and looked self-questioned what this freight which the newcomer carried through the waste could mean the arab told me that the stone to give it the language of the dream was euclid's elements and this said he is something of more worth and at the word stretched forth the shell so beautiful in shape in colour so resplendent with command that i should hold it to my ear i did so and heard that instant in an unknown tongue which yet i understood articulate sounds a loud prophetic blast of harmony an ode in passion uttered which foretold destruction to the children of the earth by deluge now at hand no sooner ceased the song than the arab with calm look declared that all would come to pass of which the voice had given forewarning and that he himself was going then to bury those two books the one that held acquaintance with the stars and wedded soul to soul in purest bond of reason undisturbed by space or time the other that was a god yea many gods had voices more than all the winds with power to exhilarate the spirit and to soothe through every clime the heart of humankind while this was uttering strange as it may seem i wondered not although i plainly saw the one to be a stone the other a shell nor doubted once but that they both were books having a perfect faith in all that passed far stronger now grew the desire i felt to cleave unto this man but when i prayed to share his enterprise he hurried on reckless of me i followed not unseen for oftentimes he cast a backward look grasping his twofold treasure lance in rest he rode i keeping pace with him and now he to my fancy had become the knight whose tale cervantes tells yet not the knight but was an arab of the desert too of these was neither and was both at once his countenance meanwhile grew more disturbed and looking backwards when he looked mine eyes saw over half the wilderness diffused a bed of glittering light i asked the cause it is said he the waters of the deep gathering upon us quickening then the pace of the unwieldy creature he bestrode he left me 
I called after him aloud. He heeded not, but with his twofold charge still in his grasp, before me, full in view, went hurrying o'er the illimitable waste, with the fleet waters of a drowning world in chase of him, whereat I waked in terror, and saw the sea before me, and the book, in which I had been reading, at my side. Full often, taking from the world of sleep this Arab phantom, which I thus beheld, this semi-Quixote, I to him have given a substance, fancied him a living man, a gentle dweller in the desert, crazed by love and feeling, and internal thought protracted among endless solitudes, have shaped him wandering upon this quest. Nor have I pitied him, but rather felt reverence was due to a being thus employed, and thought that, in the blind and awful lair of such a madness, reason did lie couched. E now there are on earth to take in charge their wives, their children, and their virgin loves, or whatsoever else the heart holds dear. E now to stir for these, yea, will I say, contemplating in soberness the approach of an event so dire, by signs in earth or heaven made manifest, that I could share that maniac's fond anxiety, and go upon like errand. Oftentimes, at least, me hath such strong enhancement overcome, when I have held a volume in my hand, poor earthly casket of immortal verse, Shakespeare or Milton, laborers divine. Great and benign, indeed, must be the power of living nature, which could thus so long detain me from the best of other guides and dearest helpers, left unthanked unpraised even in the time of lisping infancy and later down in prattling childhood even while i was travelling back among those days how could i ever play an ingrate's part once more should i have made those bowers resound by intermingling strains of thankfulness with their own thoughtless melodies at least it might have well beseemed to me to repeat some simply-fashioned tale, to tell again, in slender accents of sweet verse, some tale that did bewitch me then, and soothes me now. O friend, O poet, brother of my soul, think not that I could pass along untouched by these remembrances. Yet wherefore speak? Why call upon a few weak words to say what is already written in the hearts of all that breathe, what in the path of all drops daily from the tongue of every child, wherever man is found? The trickling tear upon the cheek of listening infancy proclaims it, and the insuperable look that drinks as if it never could be full. That portion of my story I shall leave there registered whatever else of power or pleasure sown, or fostered thus, may be peculiar to myself, let that remain where still it works, though hidden from all search among the depths of time. Yet it is just that here, in memory of all books which lay their sure foundations in the heart of man, whether by native prose or numerous verse, that in the name of all inspired souls, from Homer the great thunderer, from the voice that roars along the bed of Jewish song, 
and that more varied and elaborate those trumpet tones of harmony that shake our shores in england from those loftiest notes down to the low and wren-like warblings made for cottagers and spinners at the wheel and sunburnt travellers resting their tired limbs stretched under wayside hedgerows ballad tunes food for the hungry ears of little ones and of old men who have survived their joys tis just that in behalf of these the works and of the men that frame them whether known or sleeping nameless in their scattered graves that i should here assert their rights attest their honours and should once for all pronounce their benediction speak of them as powers for ever to be hallowed only less for what we are and what we may become than nature's self which is the breath of god or his pure word by miracle revealed rarely and with reluctance would i stoop to transitory themes yet i rejoice and by these thoughts admonished will pour out thanks with uplifted heart that i was reared safe from an evil which these days have laid upon the children of the land a pest that might have dried me up body and soul this verse is dedicate to nature's self and things that teach as nature teaches then oh where had been the man the poet where where had we been we too beloved friend if in the season of unperilous choice in lieu of wandering as we did through vales rich with indigenous produce open ground of fancy happy pastures ranged at will we had been followed hourly watched and noosed each in his several melancholy walk stringed like a poor man's heifer at its feed led through the lanes in forlorn servitude or rather like a stalled ox debarred from touch of growing grass that may not taste a flower till it have yielded up its sweets a prelibation to the mower's scythe behold the parent hen amid her brood though fledged and feathered and well pleased to part and straggle from her presence still a brood and she herself from the maternal bond still undischarged yet doth she little more than move with them in tenderness and love a centre to the circle which they make and now and then alike from needs of theirs and call of her own natural appetites she scratches ransacks up the earth for food which they partake at pleasure early died my honoured mother she who was the heart and hinge of all our learnings and our loves she left us destitute and as we might trooping together little suits it me to break upon the sabbath of her rest with any thought that looks at others blame nor would i praise her but in perfect love hence am i checked but let me boldly say in gratitude and for the sake of truth unheard by her that she not falsely taught fetching her goodness rather from times past than shaping novelties for times to come had no presumption no such jealousy nor did by habit of her thoughts mistrust our nature 
but had virtual faith that he who fills the mother's breast with innocent milk doth also for our nobler part provide under his great correction and control as innocent instincts and as innocent food or draws for minds that are left free to trust in the simplicities of opening life sweet honey out of spurned or dreaded weeds this was her creed and therefore she was pure from anxious fear of error or mishap and evil overweeningly so called was not puffed up by false unnatural hopes nor selfish with unnecessary cares nor with impatience from the season asked more than its timely produce rather love the hours for what they are than from regard glanced on their promises in restless pride such was she not from faculties more strong than others have but from the times perhaps and spot in which she lived and through a grace of modest meekness simple-mindedness a heart that found benignity and hope being itself benign my drift i fear is scarcely obvious but that common sense may try this modern system by its fruits leave let me take to place before her sight a specimen portrayed with faithful hand full early trained to worship seemliness this model of a child is never known to mix in quarrels that were far beneath its dignity with gifts he bubbles o'er as generous as a fountain selfishness may not come near him nor the little throng of flitting pleasures tempt him from his path the wandering beggars propagate his name dumb creatures find him tender as a nun and natural or supernatural fear unless it leap upon him in a dream touches him not to enhance the wonder see how arch his notices how nice his sense of the ridiculous not blind is he to the broad follies of the licensed world yet innocent himself with all though shrewd and can read lectures upon innocence a miracle of scientific lore ships he can guide across the pathless sea and tell you all their cunning he can read the inside of the earth and spell the stars he knows the policies of foreign lands can string you names of districts cities towns the whole world over tight as beads of dew upon a gossamer thread he sifts he weighs all things are put to question he must live knowing that he grows wiser every day or else not live at all and seeing too each little drop of wisdom as it falls into the dimpling cistern of his heart for this unnatural growth the trainer blame pity the tree poor human vanity wert thou extinguished little would be left which he could truly love but how escape for ever as a thought of purer birth rises to lead him toward a better clime some intermeddler still is on the watch to drive him back and pound him like a stray within the pinfold of his own conceit meanwhile old grandam earth is grieved to find him the playthings which her love designed for him unthought of 
in their woodland beds the flowers weep and the river sides are all forlorn oh give us once again the wishing cap of fortunatus and the invisible coat of jack the giant killer robin hood and sabra in the forest with st george the child whose love is here at least doth reap one precious gain that he forgets himself these mighty workmen of our later age who with a broad highway have overbridged the froward chaos of futurity tamed to their bidding they who have the skill to manage books and things and make them act on infant minds as surely as the sun deals with a flower the keepers of our time the guides and wardens of our faculties sages who in their prescience would control all accidents and to the very road which they have fashioned would confine us down like engines when will their presumption learn that in the unreasoning progress of the world a wiser spirit is at work for us a better eye than theirs most prodigal of blessings and most studious of our good even in what seem our most unfruitful hours there was a boy ye knew him well ye cliffs and islands of winander many a time at evening when the earliest stars began to move along the edges of the hills rising or setting would he stand alone beneath the trees or by the glimmering lake and there with fingers interwoven both hands pressed closely palm to palm and to his mouth uplifted he as through an instrument blew mimic hootings to the silent owls that they might answer him and they would shout across the watery vale and shout again responsive to his call with quivering peals and long halloos and screams and echoes loud redoubled and redoubled concourse wild of jocund din and when a lengthened pause of silence came and baffled his best skill then sometimes in that silence while he hung listening a gentle shock of mild surprise has carried far into his heart the voice of mountain torrents or the visible scene would enter unawares into his mind with all its solemn imagery its rocks its woods and that uncertain heaven received into the bosom of the steady lake this boy was taken from his mates and died in childhood ere he was full twelve years old fair is the spot most beautiful the vale where he was born the grassy churchyard hangs upon a slope above the village school and through that churchyard when my way has led on summer evenings I believe that there a long half-hour together I have stood mute, looking at the grave in which he lies. Even now appears before the mind's clear eye that self-same village church. I see her sit, the throned lady whom erewhile we hailed, on her green hill, forgetful of this boy who slumbers at her feet, forgetful, too, of all her silent neighborhood of graves and listening only to the gladsome sounds that from the rural school ascending play beneath her and about her may she long behold a race of young ones like to those with whom i herded 
easily indeed we might have fed upon a fatter soil of arts and letters but be that forgiven a race of real children not too wise too learned or too good but wanton fresh and bandied up and down by love and hate not unresentful where self-justified fierce moody patient venturous modest shy mad at their sports like withered leaves in winds though doing wrong and suffering and full oft bending beneath our life's mysterious weight of pain and doubt and fear yet yielding not in happiness to the happiest upon earth simplicity in habit truth in speech be these the daily strengtheners of their minds may books and nature be their early joy and knowledge rightly honored with that name knowledge not purchased by the loss of power well do i call to mind the very week when i was first entrusted to the care of that sweet valley when its paths its shores and brooks were like a dream of novelty to my half-infant thoughts that very week while i was roving up and down alone seeking i knew not what i chanced to cross one of those open fields which shaped like ears made green peninsulas on ethwaite's lake twilight was coming on yet through the gloom appeared distinctly on the opposite shore a heap of garments as if left by one who might have been there bathing long i watched but no one owned them meanwhile the calm lake grew dark with all the shadows on its breast and now and then a fish upleaping snapped the breathless stillness the succeeding day those unclaimed garments telling a plain tale drew to the spot an anxious crowd some looked in passive expectation from the shore while from a boat others hung o'er the deep sounding with grappling irons and long poles at last the dead man mid that beauteous scene of trees and hills and water bolt upright rose with his ghastly face a spectre shape of terror yet no soul debasing fear young as i was a child not nine years old possessed me for my inner eye had seen such sights before among the shining streams of fairyland the forest of romance their spirit hallowed the sad spectacle with decoration of ideal grace a dignity a smoothness like the works of grecian art and purest poesy a precious treasure had i long possessed a little yellow canvas-covered book a slender abstract of the arabian tales and from companions in a new abode when first i learnt that this dear prize of mine was but a block hewn from a mighty quarry that there were four large volumes laden all with kindred matter twas to me in truth a promise scarcely earthly instantly with one not richer than myself i made a covenant that each should lay aside the monies he possessed and hoard up more till our joint savings had amassed enough to make this book our own through several months in spite of all temptation we preserved religiously that vow but firmness failed nor were we ever masters of our wish 
and when thereafter to my father's house the holidays returned me there to find that golden store of books which i had left what joy was mine how often in the course of those glad respites though a soft west wind ruffled the waters to the angler's wish for a whole day together have i lain down by thy side o derwent murmuring stream on the hot stones and in the glaring sun and there have read devouring as i read defrauding the day's glory desperate till with a sudden bound of smart reproach such as an idler deals with in his shame i to the sport betook myself again a gracious spirit o'er this earth presides and o'er the heart of man invisibly it comes to works of unreproved delight and tendency benign directing those who care not know not think not what they do the tales that charm away the wakeful night in araby romances legends penned for solace by dim light of monkish lamps fictions for ladies of their love devised by youthful squires adventures endless spun by the dismantled warrior in old age out of the bowels of those very schemes in which his youth did first extravagate these spread like day and something in the shape of these will live till man shall be no more dumb yearnings hidden appetites are ours and they must have their food our childhood sits our simple childhood sits upon a throne that hath more power than all the elements i guess not what this tells of being past nor what it augurs for the life to come but so it is and in that dubious hour that twilight when we first begin to see this dawning earth to recognize expect and in the long probation that ensues the time of trial ere we learn to live in reconcilement with our stinted powers to endure this state of meagre vassalage unwilling to forego confess submit uneasy and unsettled yoke fellows to custom meddlesome and not yet tamed and humbled down oh then we feel we feel we know where we have friends ye dreamers then forgers of daring tales we bless you then impostors drivellers dotards as the ape philosophy will call you then we feel with what and how great might ye are in league who make our wish our power our thought a deed an empire a possession ye who time and season serve all faculties to whom earth crouches the elements are potter's clay space like a heaven filled up with northern lights here nowhere there and everywhere at once relinquishing this lofty eminence for ground though humbler not the less attract of the same isthmus which our spirits cross in progress from their native continent to earth and human life the song might dwell on that delightful time of growing youth 
when craving for the marvellous gives way to strengthening love for things that we have seen when sober truth and steady sympathies offered to notice by less daring pens take firmer hold of us and words themselves move us with conscious pleasure i am sad at the thought of raptures now for ever flown almost to tears i sometimes could be sad to think of to read over many a page poems with all of name which at that time did never fail to entrance me and are now dead in my eyes dead as a theatre fresh emptied of spectators twice five years or less i might have seen when first my mind with conscious pleasure opened to the charm of words in tuneful order found them sweet for their own sakes a passion and a power and phrases pleased me chosen for delight for pomp or love oft in the public roads yet unfrequented while the morning light was yellowing the hilltops i went abroad with a dear friend and for the better part of two delightful hours we strolled along by the still borders of the misty lake repeating favorite verses with one voice or conning more as happy as the birds that round us chaunted well might we be glad lifted above the ground by airy fancies more bright than madness or the dreams of wine and though full oft the objects of our love were false and in their splendor overwrought yet was there surely then no vulgar power working within us nothing less in truth than that most noble attribute of man though yet untutored and inordinate that wish for something loftier more adorned than is the common aspect daily garb of human life what wonder then if sounds of exultation echoed through the groves for images and sentiments and words and everything encountered or pursued in that delicious world of poesy kept holiday a never-ending show with music incense festival and flowers here must we pause this only let me add from heart experience and in humblest sense of modesty that he who in his youth a daily wanderer among woods and fields with living nature hath been intimate not only in that raw unpractised time is stirred to ecstasy as others are by glittering verse but further doth receive in measure only dealt out to himself knowledge and increase of enduring joy from the great nature that exists in works of mighty poets visionary power attends the motions of the viewless winds embodied in the mystery of words there darkness makes abode and all the host of shadowy things work endless changes there as in a mansion like their proper home even forms and substances are circumfused by the transparent veil with light divine and through the turnings intricate of verse present themselves as objects recognized in flashes and with glory not their own end of book fifth